Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. Joining us today to further drive home how far-reaching the impact of Compassionate can be is Burrell Poe. Burrell spearheads outreach and education for Compassionate in Chicago inner-city schools. He is the true definition of boots on the ground as he drives forward this incredible mission of compassion. Burrell, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Why are you so invested in this idea of compassion? Well, um, I, I truly believe that uh, compassion is the antidote uh, to violence. Um, and our societies are in- incredibly violent. Um, and I believe that in order to stop violence, you need to build more compassion. That's so great because it's very true when you're really compassionate and have empathy and care for others you're going to be less inclined to kind of act against them. Right, right. Um, it's, it's, it's the absolute key. Um, so compassion as a word, it, it's a Latin word, um, and the roots of it mean to suffer with. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very serious word, but when you, when you think about it um, and when you employ it and bring it into your daily life, um, it's just that you're able to understand that suffering is universal. So it's something that we all deal with, no matter who we are, no matter what our race, our class, our nationality, our gender, we all deal with suffering. So it creates a, a sense of commonality in that we all have something in common. You know, I know that everything is not perfect in your life and you know that everything's not perfect in mine. And I want to do what I can to help you. Um, and hopefully that inspires you to do what you can to help me. And it's just, it's just beautiful. To suffer with. I'd never heard that definition. Thank you so much for bringing that into perspective. Because that is exactly the type of thinking that Sarah, when she started this movement, wanted to employ into others. Oh, compelling. So what exactly is your role with Compassionate? So I do outreach and education here in Chicago. Uh, so I connect with uh, community groups here in Chicago and tell them about Compassionate. Uh, but I also uh, help write curriculum. So there's curriculum up on the Compassionate website uh, for you to check out uh, that teachers can use in their classes to help uh their students uh, understand compassion and bring that value into just kind of how we're trained um, in being citizens. Um, But I also work with adult groups uh, to teach compassion uh, from a class that I learned at Stanford. When you and I connected before, you shared with me a compelling reason why compassionate is so essential for what's going on in Chicago right now. Can you share a little bit of background on that? Yeah. So, so here in Chicago, uh, there's been a, an uptick in violence this year, um, and there's violence all around the city, um, and there's so many different issues and different things and elements that you can point, point to, 
but it all boils down to the lack of compassion. Uh, Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in uh, the United States of America. So some people, uh, some people's Chicago is not others' Chicago. So everything is very isolated, and some people um, are aren't participating um, in in the progress of society as a whole, and others are, you know turning a blind eye to what's going on in other parts of the city. Um, and there's just a, a, an utter lack of connection uh, and community amongst uh, different parts of Chicago. Um, and and that, that boils down to just a lack of compassion and empathy and understanding uh, for each other's plights. When you talk about this segregation, that Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in the nation, I'm not super familiar with this issue, so can you roll out a little bit more what that looks like? Yeah. So um, if you look at a uh, map of Chicago um, and you look at where the highest crime is, where you look at where the most people are murdered uh, every year, um, if you look at uh, wealth uh, in the city, you'll see that it's not uh, all together. Um, there are pockets of extreme poverty um, in Chicago and uh, pockets of opulence uh, in Chicago, and they're very far away from each other. Um, in Chicago's history, uh, there uh, was a lot of very uncompassionate practices and um, very mean and uh, hurtful things being done, uh, such as redlining, uh, where banks uh, would give wouldn't give loans to certain type of people who wanted to move to, to other neighborhoods and give this process 20 years to, to work its, uh, work its way into the landscape. And you have communities of one race, uh, one, uh, economic level, and you have other communities of one race and another economic level. Um, and this is something that's plagued Chicago's history, uh, for a long time now. Um, and it was very planned um, and very intentional at the time uh, of its design. Now we've moved to a space where that's not as acceptable, uh, but we're still dealing with the problems uh, of, that, of that terrible past. That really is such a turbulent history that Chicago has. Kind of what are some of the lasting effects that you're seeing as you're working in these inner city schools? Yeah, and, and so so you you find the, that um, these cities in in Chicago, um, in Chicago specifically, uh, there there's a, a huge achievement gap uh, between schools and poor communities um, and schools and wealthier communities. Uh, Chicago is home to some of the best schools in the nation, um, highly ranked, highly regarded, um, but it's also home to um, schools that aren't doing so well. Uh, and Chicago went, you know, through an unprecedented act, um, closed 55 schools uh, in Chicago because they were underperforming or because they were underpopulated. Um, and uh, it was something that had never been done before. And these schools were in majority um, uh, poor neighborhoods. Um, and poor neighborhoods directly correlates uh, with African-American and Hispanic um, because the city is extremely segregated. Uh, so 
it, it was it was uh, an un. Uh, precedented move. As a matter of fact, um, Taneshi Coates, uh, who wrote uh, the famous Atlantic article, uh, Case for Reparations, um, actually didn't really believe in the core argument of his theory for reparations until he came to Chicago. Um, he's originally from Baltimore, and he came to Chicago and was just like, I cannot believe that the the persistence um, and terribleness of the segregation here is, is an absolute disaster. Uh, so it, it shows up with high crime, uh, violence, uh, underperforming schools, schools being closed down, um, and just uh, just a, a wealth of just uh, of disparity um, between between the Chicago experience uh, of certain populations. With all this, absolutely unbelievable disparity going on in Chicago right now. What role does this compassion program even play into helping address just completely far-reaching issues? Yeah, so I, I find that my, my work uh, in the community in exposing people to compassion is that uh, despite, um, despite the challenges of uh, people in certain communities face in Chicago, compassion is a value that can uh, move you beyond uh, some of the, the normal pitfalls of, of, of facing um, enormous struggles uh, as a community. And uh, violence um, and you know, crime and people hurting one another um, tends to be one of those things that correlate uh, with being isolated as a community, but compassion combats that narrative um, and helps people build community uh, in spite of uh, um, socioeconomic circumstances. And with compassion, it also helps build a bridge between communities uh, of haves and have-nots uh, because it it helps people from feeling animosity um, and uh, hate uh, for for one another. Um, and it, it builds that connection in that community. So it, it helps the community come together um, as a whole, uh, as they are, and then help, helps that community connect with other communities uh, through the shared value of compassion. Um, and it also uh, works as a way of alleviating some of the pitfalls of being isolated socioeconomically uh, in reducing violence uh, in people's uh, reaction to hurt one another. Talk about your ultimate grassroots program right there. Phenomenal. So when you're taking this program and really working with these students or in these communities, how have you seen it reshape their outlook? Yeah, so I, I, so I w worked with a group of middle school students um, in, in Chicago and you know, it was a it was a, a tough group. They were they were they were a tough group for us, um, and we we didn't we didn't really know how they were going to take um, this idea of let's introduce compassion. Uh, and we're working with this group of students, and then there was one uh, in particular, Tyler, um, and he you know he he would always just you know just kind of act up. He would walk out of the classroom, you know, just really you know, just really tough to deal with. Um, so then we started talking about compassion. Uh, and we started off with this exercise of what's the difference between compassion, uh, between empathy, sympathy, and compassion. 
Um, and the students all had a definition um, for empathy and sympathy, but no one knew what compassion was. They're like, uh, what? You know, like really? I, I've heard that term before, you know, <laughs> everyone's heard compassion before, but like, can you define it? And it's just like, hmm. You know, wow, um, what an experience talking <laughs> with these junior high students going, do you know what compassion is? <laughs> By the way, this is the cool new thing on the block, so you should get on board. Right? Like, this is what's hot now. Um, so they, 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 were really, they were really interested. Um, so we just talked about the differences. And, you know, this was kind of some of the, you know, they, they were very attentive because here's some new material. It's not someone saying, hey, don't do this or don't, you know, don't do that or stop walking out of the room. Um, but it was just really like, let's have a conversation and a discussion about something um, that's new and interesting. And I gave the students a, a bracelet and they were so happy. They were so excited um, that they started having competitions of who can, you know, be the be the most compassionate or like, you know, what did you do that was compassionate? Um, so it was it was really it was a really uh, beautiful thing to watch. Um, and, and, and it had an impact. That had to be the coolest moment ever when students start having a competition on who's more compassionate. As an educator, that's like your I've made it moment. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. It was it was a beautiful thing to see. So with Tyler, once you started implementing these measures and explaining, here's what compassionate is and here's why you want to be it. How did his behavior change? Yeah, so <clears throat> so the organization that I worked for, Mikva Challenge, uh, they teach community organizing uh, skills to students. So it's the the whole idea of the after school program was to uh, find problems in in their school um, and work with each other as a group um, and the authority at the school to to make a to make a change. Uh, they actually chose um, bullying. Uh, they did a survey in the school and found that bullying was one of the biggest problems in the school. Um, and they worked with their principal to create a curriculum called uh, to to implement a curriculum called "Be an Upstander." And upstander is instead of watching people uh, bully one another, to actually stand up uh, for people who are being bullied. And it's a great program. Um, it was put together by Facing History. However. A critical element in getting people to care about bullying or feeling brave enough to be an upstander is to have a discussion about compassion and what is compassion. Uh, because compassion, uh, a lot, one of the barriers of compassion um, is that people believe that it makes you weak and that, oh, compassion means that I see, you know, uh, something sad and I don't know how to you know, deal with it and I cry all the time or, you know, to feel mopey. Uh, but compassion is actually the opposite. It is to stand up to suffering and accept it uh, as a, a way of life and then feel compelled to help um, in that you see someone being bullied um, and you feel compelled to help them as that's that's a compassionate response. And because of our discussion about compassion, Tyler was able to understand why you need to be an upstander and the value behind being an upstander and standing up um, for for what is right. And his his behavior and even the principal uh, noted it, uh, that his behavior had changed throughout the throughout our our uh, work together as a team um, to 
to do this training. He actually led the training in front of other students. Um, and every, he had a reputation of being a, a, a troubled student, um, but everyone was, was, was pleased to, to, to receive his message of, of standing up to bullying. And compassion was the, the root of, of, of why he cared. What an absolutely beautiful reframing of the word of compassion from being this really weak kid on the block to know this is how we're empowering you to stand up. And then to have students adopt it like that and actually start demonstrating in front of other students. This really is a powerful movement. Yes, it, it definitely is. Um, and and seeing, you know, seeing these small successes um, definitely keeps me motivated um, and staying connected uh, with the compassionate movement because I truly believe that it, this, is, this, is, this, this is what we need to change the world. I'd like to take a moment, and I'm curious if there's ever been a time when c- someone else's compassion to help change your life or impacted your life. What just came to my mind now is that uh, in basic training, uh, so I'm off in Oklahoma. Um, I go, go through uh, basic training, and I'm writing my family. But I'm all the way in Oklahoma, so there was no way that they would have uh, been able to make it out to my graduation um, from basic training. And I, I had spoke to a business leader in Oklahoma. Um, her name is Liz Hunt. Uh, she was from Chicago. Um, and we you know, just kind of bonded over, you know, here's, here's what I'm doing. Uh, here's why you know, I'm in the service. Um, and, you know, just... I'm in Oklahoma, and they, they just kind of came and spoke with us. Um, and a week before my graduation, uh, she, she writes me and she surprises me and says, I'll fly your family out to your graduation to see you uh, graduate in Oklahoma. Oh, my and gosh. It was, it was completely, it was completely un- unexpected. Um, and she, she flew my family out. Um, every once in a while when she's back in town, um, during the, the holidays, uh, we, she, would come to, she would come to my house and, and, and visit my family um, and I. And yeah, but it was just such a random act of compassion. Like she didn't have to do that, uh, but I was so happy uh, to see my family because I, I went through a, a rough few weeks. I mean, that's what basic training is. Um, and it was, it was just amazing. Um, but what she did was I'll never, I'll never forget it, um, and we still stay connected to this day. How powerful to have somebody fly out your family for your basic training celebration. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, Burrell, thank you so much for joining us today and really showing us the full circle impacts that compassion can have on individuals from that one-to-one connection to building communities to hopefully helping to redefine some of those issues that are currently going on in Chicago. Yeah, thank, thank you for your work and uh, sharing it with, with everyone. It's amazing. <laughs> Looking forward to it. As you know, I wear my compassionate bracelet every single day, and it, I have been much more mindful about building that compassion element into my daily life. So thank you guys for that. <laughs> thank you. Well, there you have it, the full circle of compassion from that small moment when you're with somebody and you just take a moment to say, what if I were in their shoes, to those 
big, amazing acts of generosity where you fly a family out to attend a basic training. I hope you're inspired and I hope you're ready to apply this idea of compassion to your everyday life. To hear about all the resources mentioned today, head on over to our show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash episode 7.5. To hear inspiring stories every single day and connect with other movers and shakers, head on over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash group slash positive impact community. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.